We are very excited this morning uh, for all the guys that were in our Band of Brothers uh, conference this week. And let me hear you give a little shout out this morning if you're here for all the men. Amen. Uh, we had over 90 guys here this weekend. We had an amazing time, and God really showed up in a powerful and a big way. And uh, a major part of what God did this weekend was the result of our guest speaker this morning, and that is that God works through people. Amen. And uh, this morning, we are honored and excited to have Brother Anthony Marquis. Uh, Brother Anthony has been in the ministry for over 45 years, got an awesome testimony. You'll get to hear a little piece of that maybe today. Uh, but uh, God has marked his life for the kingdom of God, and he has been used supernaturally uh, by God literally around the world and uh, has just been an instrument uh, in the hand of the Lord, not only a great preacher and minister of the gospel, but also a very strong, just a prophetic uh, anointing over his life to minister. And last night, we just had a Holy Ghost blowout in here, and so we just had a great time as God just moved and ministered and saw the power of God and the presence of God uh, as he worked in our lives. So I want to ask you to give him a great big Alabama. Stand to your feet. Come on. Give him an Alabama welcome this morning. Brother Anthony. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, there was a donkey that Jesus rode in on to Jerusalem, and they were saying, hail to the king. That donkey was not confused that they were trying to clap for him. So I'm just the donkey Jesus rides on, hallelujah. And uh, we allow him to use us to do what he wants to do. I want you to look at somebody and say, Christianity is not about you, sunshine. <laughs> you got that? That's my introductory. This is not about you. This is about the king. And when we come into the reality that King Jesus is the king, and it is his kingdom, and it is his authority that we all need to submit to. And once you settle the issue that you're not God, I don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whenever somebody don't do what you want, you try to rule over them and change them. Now, the Lord told me one day, he said, Anthony, you're never going to change your wife. <sighs> he said, if you want to try to change her, I'm going to fold my arms and let you grow old and all your teeth fall out and gravity will bring everything that was once firm to the ground and she won't be any different. If you un... If you try not to be God, and you just let me change you, you'll see miraculous changes in your family. So why don't you all just agree, I'm going to let God change me. And when he changes you, everything around you looks a little different. <laughs> Amen? I just want to share real quickly with you some things that God has uh, allowed us to be involved in. In 1993, I went to Russia on a short-term missions trip, and my wife had went two years before that, and they planted a church, and then I went back to help plant the second church. 
And I never enjoyed Russia at all. It was horrible. It was hard, it was difficult, just backwards country at the time. And, and I was wanting to come home and never go back to Russia again and come to Louisiana where I could speak English and, and people would understand what I said and people were not rude and crude and, and then you could, you know, do the work of God. But on the way back, I was passing through village after village of Russian houses and people and I was looking out the window and I never forget this. And, and I said, Lord, there's so many people here that have needs. Send laborers to Russia. <laughs> this is true. He said, so send I you. I, I literally start crying, heaving like a, like a little girl. And my wife looks over and she says, what's the matter with you? I said, we're coming back to Russia. <laughs> and she said to me, my honest wife, you don't do well at here at all, Anthony. You complained the whole time. How are you going to come back and live here? I said, I don't know, but we're coming back. Because he's Lord. You understand that? You don't even have to like what he tells you to do. You have to do it. And when you got saved, you sold out to Jesus. So I want to encourage every one of you to go down to Walmart, find a sign that says, under new management. Hanging around your neck and go back to Walmart and let people ask you, what's this stupid sign about? And then you can explain to them the simple gospel that you gave your heart to Christ and you don't belong to yourself anymore and that whatever he wants you to do, you're going to do that. And that's Christianity in a nutshell. Amen? If you want to sum it up, Jesus came back, and he had a man named called John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a very unusual fellow. Amen? He was a Nazarite from his mother's womb, so he never had a haircut. He never cut his beard. And, and the dude lived in the wilderness, and he ate honey and bugs, locusts. Now, I don't know if you ever ate honey from a honeycomb, but you got to realize to get the honey from the bees, you have to fight them. So John was probably all stung up with bee stings. And when he would eat the honey, he'd bite it. And you know, you ever eat honey in a honeycomb? When you bite it, it just oozes out everywhere. And he had this beard. And so the honey ran down in the beard. So, and he was in a wilderness. He didn't have soap. He didn't have right guard deodorant. And when you bite a locust, green, oozy stuff oozes out. And the locust is kicking, and his legs get hung in the honey. And you could smell John before you saw John. And John came out of the wilderness preaching this beautiful, loving, compassionate message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is on, you bunch of snakes. What are y'all doing coming out here? Somebody warned you? Why did you come to church today? Could you come to hear a sweet message? Wrong church. Wrong church. 
And John preached this message because there was no voice of God for 400 years. And this voice came crying in the wilderness, preaching a message of repentance, which means to change the way you think, because there's a king who is coming, who is going to conquer this earth and establish his kingdom. And everyone has to repent because he is the only king of all kings. And so we come to church many times and we hear a sweet message of salvation. It's wonderful and I've got saved and all that stuff. But we disregard the fact that Jesus came to establish his kingdom. And his kingdom is in your heart, not in the building. And so God came to make you the temple of the Holy Spirit. That you would be a person who would be guided and empowered from within to serve him every day of your life. And no longer do you have a right to do what you want to do. You can't love who you want to love. You can't forgive who you want to forgive. You can't associate with who you want to associate with. You can't even sit in church who you want to sit with. You have to sit with us. Amen. Amen. And if we don't use right God, you got to sit there and act like it smells good. <laughs> so John came out of the wilderness. The guy was, uh, he, had a, he had a camel skin muscle shirt, a leather miniskirt. <laughs> you understand? And he was not a nice guy. But the multitudes came out and listened to his message on baptism of repentance. That word baptism is what we do here. We immerse someone, cover them over with water. We're not Catholics. We don't sprinkle. We immerse. And the, the concept is that you are to be immersed in repentance because it's not what you've done that's the problem. It's who you are. That's right. Amen. You don't need to repent of what you've done. You need to repent of who you are. And most people only repent of what they think they did wrong. Come on. And what it is, we look at other people and we begin to compare ourselves among other people and we're not as bad as those other people. So that's why we don't want to sit next to them. (laughs) Amen. 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 And then, and then we look at them and we say, Look, uh, uh, uh. when you're a parent and you have fun in the bedroom and kids come out of that, you don't pick the kid. God picks the kid. Brothers and sisters don't choose their brothers and sisters. Are you hearing me? And if you get a junkyard dog for a kid, he's yours. He's yours. Amen? Amen. And he's always going to be yours. And you got to love that booger anyway. (laughs) So when God puts us together, you don't have a choice. So just smile at the person next to you and say, you know what? Next week I'm sitting next to somebody else because I already know you. (laughs) Let's go to the Word. I'm going to quit meddling right now. Where's that young lady that was up here? singing. The one over here, the blonde-headed girl. She's on the back. The only problem with her, she's not animated enough. (laughs) 
she's not animated enough. She needs to go get some lessons on animation. I mean, she just, my God, I was enjoying just watching her. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's go there quick. 1045, Pastor. Lord Jesus, we need a miracle. <laughs> I preach for hours in Russia. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. And everybody loves that verse and stops right there. Who walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Listen, in the flesh, you stink. You have odor. Amen. And whenever you get in the flesh, there's a fragrance that comes off of you that people don't like. And when you're in the spirit, it's sweet and it's gentle and it's loving and it's compassionate and it's long suffering, long, say long suffering. That's why you got married, long suffering. Patience. Joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all in the Holy Ghost, folks. That is not in your flesh. Amen. That's right. And when you try to serve people in your flesh, you start stinking because you start comparing you with them, and now you are self-righteous right. and judgmental and critical. But if you're in the Spirit, it's not you. It's Christ. Right. It's Christ. And if it's Christ, hallelujah, it's willing to go to a cross and die for people. And husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you know how you stay married? Amen. And you know, you got a hand and you can nail this hand to the cross. And you can nail these feet to the cross. But you need somebody to help you with this one. That's why you got married. Look at that person next to you and say, listen, listen, I know you're going to help me. Are y'all getting anything here? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not a theological preacher. I'm just going to go to your heart and rip it out of you and put it on a table and watch it beep. And he said, listen, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law, say the law. A law doesn't change. A law is a law. For the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, it's in Christ Jesus, has set me free, say free. Now, I'm trying to figure out what part of F-R-E-E the church don't recognize. Has set me free from the law of sin, sin, say sin, 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 that's the old Pentecost, and the, and the, you know, like that. the law of the spirit of death. Now, listen, when you walk in a flesh, you're going to die. Yet we don't worry about that. We just have flesh attacks. And we justify flesh attacks. And we say to people, you made me mad. Now, come on. Y'all so holy up here, y'all scaring me. 
you made me mad. We get in traffic and we're listening to worship music. Oh, hallelujah. And some fool pulls in front of you. That's for John. That's for John, my friend. Where's the peace? Where's the joy? Where's the long suffering? Where is the meekness and the gentleness and the kindness? Where did it all go to? Did it stop at church Sunday morning? Listen, people fuss and fight all the way to church, get out the car, raise their hand and say hallelujah. And they wonder why their kids don't want to come to church with the hypocrite. Say, Brother Anthony, how do you know that? I did that. In a car with the three kids, you get to church. How you doing? Wonderful, brother. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know Jesus was in the car with you? How many of you know the Holy Ghost is in your house? How many of y'all know this ain't a religion? This is a relationship? How many of y'all know that he came to set you free from you? You see these places here? I love them. People come here and they get baptized, and they say, Brother Anthony, I want to stop sinning. I said, I can fix this. I'll hold you under to the bubbles quick. <laughs> no more problem. Hallelujah. I just delivered you from your problem. You. Your problem is not the people you live with work with, go to school with, who will raise you, your problem is right here between your ears. You don't believe the truth. This cross has all of these little red things standing. During a men's thing, we had all the men come up and nail this in. Now, nobody can go look at these. Okay, they're covered with the blood. But if you really believe what Jesus said, he nailed them to the cross and he blotted them out with the blood, then you are free. You are free. In the spirit, you are free. Amen? And I don't worry about what people think about me no more. I used to be, you know, trying to make people happy. And <laughs> it's like Alabama. One minute they're the greatest team, then they make one mistake and they're a bunch of jerks. In New Orleans, we have such loyalty. When they never won for 30 years, we went to, we went to the game with bags over our head. <laughs> the New Orleans ain't. They weren't even saints. <laughs> the reality is this, church. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not satisfy the lust of your flesh. That's right. Amen. You so you need to begin to discern, am I in the Spirit or am I in the flesh? And if you out of the spirit, stop and repent because you're in the flesh and you're trying to be God of your own life. And you're trying to run the show your way. You're trying to control the people in your house. And let me tell you what happened. It's called witchcraft, manipulation by intimidation for domination. And if you try to control your family through yelling and screaming and even maybe going silent or just cutting them off and giving them a silent treatment, you are a witch. 
You are a witch. And you don't even know the love of God because you want it your way. And you want to live the way you want to live, and you want everybody else to be conformed to your image. And it never works. It just makes you and all of them miserable. So somewhere you have to surrender. You have to repent. Amen? And you have to humble yourself before an almighty God who died for you, who took his son and released him into this earth, into a woman's womb, and took a chance that that woman would not have an abortion. I'm glad he didn't send Jesus today. The chances of him escaping the womb would be very slim. Good thing. Good thing. He had to trust Joseph, who had a legal right to have his wife stoned, who was betrothed to him before they were actually consummated the marriage. And because she came up pregnant, he could have had her killed. Her father could have had her killed. So God put this big chance. And he sent this child into a womb and trusted that people would hear from the Spirit and do what he said. One day I was praying, I said, God, everybody puts their faith in you. Who do you put your faith in? He said, you, Anthony. And I said, oh, 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 he said, no, Anthony, I put my faith, my faith in you so that you could do everything I told you. You get this? He put his faith. We live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not even your faith, folks. When he saves you, he gave you a measure of his faith so that you would have never have an excuse why you couldn't serve him. He said, if his seed remains in you, you don't even sin. And so what our problem is, we don't walk in faith. We walk in the flesh. We don't walk in the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And so the Lord showed me one day, He said, Anthony, these two laws are contradictory, but one is greater than the other. He said, when you get on that plane to fly to Russia, there's hundreds of people, there's luggage, there's cargo, there's the weight of the plane. He said, but there's a law called thrust and lift. And He said, the law of gravity is always operational. That's why you're sitting on a seat. Gravity is operational. That's why you can get in a plane and and you don't float. Gravity is operational. He said, that's the law of sin and death. It's always pulling you. (laughs) But in the power of the spirit of thrust and lift, it overcomes the spirit of gravity. And so you sit on a plane, that thing goes down that runway, and about 185, 200 miles an hour, it takes off the ground, and it defies the spirit of gravity, the law. And when you walk in the spirit, it defies the law of sin and death, and it brings you up above that low life, and it brings you into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you begin to soar, and you begin to realize, I'm free, I'm free. I can love, I can forgive, I can, I can just tolerate, I can be long-suffering, I can be patient. Oh, I can have joy unspeakable. And when they persecute me for righteousness, I can pray for them. I- 
I'm free. I'm free from me. You see, the problem is when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them authority in the earth to make decisions. But he only gave them authority to make decisions after they fellowship with him. And when they went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is, which is logic and reasoning, they ate of that tree and he said, now they have become like one of us to know good and evil. In other words, to make a decision, what's good and what's evil. And so you were raised in a home of origin, and those people who raised you taught you things that said were good and bad. Listen, I was not raised, I was not born prejudiced. I was taught to be prejudiced. And so were you. So were you. Now, y'all don't mind me calling y'all rednecks, do you? You don't mind that, do you? Why would you get mad at me for calling you a redneck if you ain't? <laughs> they call us coons, but I ain't going to tell you what else. <laughs> they used to call us dagos and wops as Italians. I took that as a compliment. I didn't know that was a bad thing. You bunch of dagos, and you know how that came about? I said, there they go. And WAP means without papers. We came into the country and didn't have papers. So they called us WAPs and Dagos. And I didn't know it was bad. I thought it was a compliment because nobody told me it was bad. We had a lady that used to work for us, a beautiful black lady who was a Southern Baptist woman who loved Christ, gentle, loving. She had everything in her that I'm preaching. And she took care of us when we were children. And when I was sick, my mom worked, my dad worked, so she came in a couple of days a week. And when I got sick, she would come in and help us and help my mom and take care of us. And one day I went to walk out, she was walking out the door, and I went to kiss her. I was a little kid. I went to kiss her. And my daddy said, son, we don't do that. And I said, why, daddy? He said, because we don't do that. You don't kiss black people. So I, I, okay, that's my daddy. But I never had that hate that was permeated. But I was taught to be prejudiced. And so there's people around you that if they came to church, you might get upset. How many of you know you can't choose who God saves? And I know this church, listen, I'm preaching to the choir here. This is a great church. But I'm just throwing these things out at you so you can rethink some principles in your life. We all have prejudice. And we have to overcome those prejudices in the body of Christ. Because if in the the spirit we're all one. Amen? Amen. Now you live with people and you don't like everything about them. So you try in your best way to change them to get them to get along with you. So because you want to be happy. You know the word ain't in the Bible? Happy. God didn't promise you happiness. He promised you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy is not happiness. Joy is from the Spirit of God, knowing you're born again and you have a relationship with Christ. That's where your joy comes from, comes from your salvation. It doesn't come from your circumstances. And you and I have to begin to walk in a place where we have joy, 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 based in our relationship with Christ, and it becomes contagious to the people we live in, and they want to participate in the peace and the joy of salvation. But how you get peace is when you resolve this issue, you're not God and you surrender. Hallelujah. 
I remember the pictures of Kuwait when they invaded it, and it was all all wells were burning, the smoke was flourishing, all their cars were on the road, all demolished. They had ransacked the the, the uh, Iraqis ransacked the whole nation, took everything out of it, and the the, the uh, uh, Allies came in and set them free. They were shouting in the streets. They had nothing left. The oil fields were burning. The cars were gone. The wealth was gone. But they were free because there was peace. And when you surrender to Jesus, you finally have peace because your war has not been with people. Your war has been with God because God tells you to love people and you refuse to do what he says, so you become God. So you establish your own kingdom. And so your kingdom is a little one. Amen? Now, little skinny people who have small kingdoms. I got a little more territory. But your kingdom is about as big as that chair you're sitting in. All right? And what you want to do is you want to be happy. So everybody in the whole world has to come and agree with your little kingdom. Guess how many days you're going to have a happiness? You're right, none. But I can have joy unspeakable because I've surrendered to the kingdom of God. So when God came into my life, he said, Anthony, I'm king, not you. It's my way or the highway. And I had to surrender to the king. And I gave him my little kingdom. I exchanged it for his big kingdom. And you're a fool if you want to hold on to your little kingdom. Because your kingdom has very little power. So what you have to do is get into witchcraft to begin to manipulate people in your life to come in agreement with you. But they never are in agreement with you. They're just mad at you, and they're tired of fighting with you, so they just submit to you. Silent church, huh? Can anybody identify what I just said? My wife and I used to fight so bad before we were Christians. I'm Italian, she's German. Mussolini and Hitler got married, and it was war. <laughs> I mean, it was war. I came out of an Italian family. My daddy ruled. He was a mafia godfather type guy. He ruled his house, his sister's house, his brother's He ruled it all. And my house was three men and one woman, and my, wife, my mom, poor mom, she just served us. My wife came out of a house with three, four women and one man, and they conquered that, that garment. <laughs> so we got married, and I thought I was going to be king of my house. I'm Italian. I came home one day with muddy boots and walked in my house. And my wife put me outside in the yard, made me get undressed outside <laughs> of my house. I said, what is this all about? She said, this is my house. Look, no point in uh, no elbows, that ain't legal. <laughs> Reality was, there was two kingdoms that came into the same spot, and we tried to control each other's life, and it became hell on earth. Your marriage is the closest thing to heaven or hell you'll ever experience. And if you try to rule each other, it will be a living hell. But if you surrender to Jesus, that peace comes. Amen? Peace. 
because we both let Jesus rule us. Today we live in harmony because she lets Christ rule her. I'll let Christ rule me. If I get out of sort, God deals with me, and I yield to Him. And if she gets out of sort, God deals with her, and we live in harmony because we have the same mind, the mind of Christ. And if you want to live in peace any length of time with any group of people, you have to surrender to Jesus Christ. And that's what the kingdom of God is about. It's not about going to church on Sunday, which is wonderful because it gives us more people to work with. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. I had a man tell me, I want to get married to be happy. I said, don't do it. (laughs) Another woman said, I want to have children so they can love me. I said, that's a mistake. I said, children are the most selfish little creatures in the whole world. You can work 19 hours, and they go home and go to sleep. They get wet in the middle of the night. You waking up, and you're going to take care of them. So when you get born again, it's never about you, sunshine. It's not about you. Jesus didn't save you to get you to heaven. If he would have, he'd have killed you when he saved you. He saved you to get heaven in you so that you could represent him in this world so that when people come to this church, they can see a bunch of selfless people who have one focus to help them come into the kingdom of God and to nurture them and to love them and to serve them and to make them know that the King of Kings really is alive and He's living in some people who have a heart to let Him live. Amen? Amen. And so the cross was such an incredible expression of God's love. You have to understand how much God loves me. And when I begin to meditate on the cross and I begin to realize God Himself offered to me His Son as an expression of His love to prove to me that I am loved, that I would never question, am I loved? So I'm loved. All the hate in the world can't make me feel unloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. All your rejection could never make me feel rejected anymore. Amen? And I'm holy, unblameable, and unrebukable in His sight, so what you see doesn't matter. So I done made peace with the king. And my desire for you is to make peace with the king today and surrender your little bitty kingdom, that little spot, and say, I want to exchange this for your kingdom. And all that's in your kingdom becomes mine. We are heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Equal. Equal. He said, the spirit I'm sending to you He will take of mine and give it to you. Can you imagine that everything Jesus paid for is available to the church if they'll walk in unity? If they'll just give up their little life. Life is a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. What are you fighting over? A dead man? You understand what I just said? You're fighting? over a dead man? You're dead. You're dead men walking. Sin has killed you. This part of your life will go back to the dirt. 
and you're trying to defend it? And you're trying to protect it? And you're trying to make it long, more long life? Listen, I got a saying. You know, people... <laughs> You know, people try to stay young looking, right? So they act, and I agree with that. I mean, you need to be, I, I agree they ought to do that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it, but bodily exercise profits little, you know, so I don't worry about it. Anyway, they try to stay young, and they should, and you should stay healthy, and you should do the right thing, you should eat the right food. And then if that don't work, they get plastic surgery. Tummy tucks facelifts, and I tell them, look, you can get facelifts to your belly buttons on your forehead. <laughs> Gravity keeps working. <laughs> you understand? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. This body is going to the grave. So quit defending it and use it as a chariot who carries the king. Right. There you go. And put the emphasis on the spirit man and not the outsternal man. And begin to love people by choosing to love them. And I'm closing. I make a choice to love you. I don't have to know you to love you. I choose to love you. I make a choice to forgive you. I don't have to know you or what you're doing to forgive you. It's a choice. And so when I'm start making choices that today I'm here, I'm right here today. You know how long I have to love you? Today. Because some of y'all going to leave after the service. I ain't, might not ever see you again. I'm going to get in my car and drive back to Louisiana. You might never see me again. So you need to love me right now. And if I've offended you in this service, tough. You got to forgive me. If you don't forgive me, you can't be forgiven, stupid. Right? Did y'all read that in the Bible? Forgive us as we forgive them who trespass against us. Well, why would you hold something against someone else when it cancels out your forgiveness? That does not make sense. But because you want to be God, you do that. And when you want to be God, God says, okay. You want to be God? Go ahead. But here's the problem. Whatever rules you set in your kingdom... When you come before me in judgment, I'm going to judge you by your judgment. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, you brought us here today to do your will, to surrender to your kingdom. So if you're here right now and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've been ruling your own life, controlling your own actions, and you feel defeated, rejected, and unloved, I want to give you an opportunity by simply lifting your hand saying, Brother Anthony, today I want to surrender my life to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. You might be a Christian, but you've been working witchcraft in your family, trying to control them. Anyone else? One lady's got a hand up. Anyone else would raise your hand and say, I want to surrender. Another hand, another hand, another hand. I want to give it all to Jesus today. I want him to be the Lord of my life, King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to give up my little kingdom so he can have his big kingdom ruling and reigning. Hands going up all over, Pastor. God's in charge right now. God wants you free by the love of Christ.
want you to be so secure in the fact that he loves you that you don't have to demand anyone else to love you. You're loved and you're forgiven and you're accepted. What a celebration we can have here today because we have the the power of the Holy Spirit in us to live through this life in a victorious way. So hallelujah. Let me pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release the anointing of your mighty Holy Ghost. Lord, I release the forgiveness of sins. Father, that people would feel released from their guilt and from their shame, O oh God. And they would no longer try to control their life, but they would give their life to the full control of your love and your peace and your joy. Now, Father, thank you for sending John the Baptist. Thank you for sending Jesus the Christ. But, Father, we also thank you now for sending your mighty Holy Ghost to us, that we have the Spirit of the living God living in us and walking through us, O oh God, and leading us and guiding us into the presence of the Lord. Now, Father, we give you all our praise. 